Hello and welcome to According to John. Today, today's topic is all about faith. And the question that was asked is what does it mean that without faith it's impossible to please God? Oh, we're going to have fun today. We're going to have fun today. I, You know, it's so funny because what we're seeing wane is faith. It's such weird ideas about faith and um, how people are just, they're, they're walking away and and I don't even get it literally the, oh de- yeah, I, I used to believe I don't believe anymore. Uh, deconstructionism is I think a new term that's emerging, <laughs> emergent deconstructionist. Uh, Dude, I'm so sick of new terms. Oh Yeah. Just all they are is a redefinition of old ones. In the scriptures, it says there will be a falling away in the time of the end. And what are we seeing? Exactly what God said. Yeah. They call it, God calls it a falling away, but they have to one up God and whom they no longer <laughs> believe. And they have to change what he said to deconstructionism. <laughs> John, you're getting me angry. I'm <laughs> just getting started. Usually you're the one getting angry. Right? <laughs> we hey, need Jesus. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. Open us in a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started. Okay, let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll give us clarity of thought, uh, unction of your spirit to minister the word of God to seeking hearts. Uh, May our audience uh, receive it, uh, filter it through uh, their brains, their heart, their experience, and uh, personalize it and live it out, Lord, to bring you honor and glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so what does it mean that without faith it is impossible to please God? So many people nowadays, they're like, oh, I believe in God. Believing in God is not enough. There's a million different ideas of what that even means. Yeah. So here's what happens. You have to believe God. You believe God, not believe in God. The devil believes in God. Mm -hmm. And trembles. And trembles. And for some reason, man doesn't. Yeah. I I don't get it. But... Our verse that we're going to look at today is Hebrews eleven six, In Hebrews eleven six it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what we learn about Hebrews 11 is we learn about faith from the Bible's Old Testament heroes. Walks us through. And I'm going to tell you, we got some Old Testament heroes, man. We call it the Hall of Fame of Faith. Of faith. Yeah, it's a fantastic passage, and as we unfold this, hopefully you will see how crucial faith is. Critical, foundational, but I don't want to rob your your material here. (laughs) So one crucial detail that stands out uh, in their lives is that they placed their whole confidence in God. All of it. Against all odds, against their own safety, the world mocking them, thinking they were foolish, and yet they believed God above their emotion, Mm -hmm. above uh, the criticism of the crowd. God spoke. They believed. They listened, and they responded to what he said. Right. It's really simple, but it there was certainly a scary element to it and it's, it's well really, and, and they didn't have everything like like we have the whole bible for us today oh yeah they 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 had to walk in 
on what, I mean, they had to walk with what they had. And, and by the way, we're going to be held accountable for the same that we're going to, we're going to be held accountable for what we have. Yeah. God gave us the Bible. People chose to ignore it and not to look at it and even have a clue what's in it and then criticize it. Yeah. And he's going to hold them accountable for that. So the actions and accomplishments of these men and women proved that faith pleases God. And of course we've read the verse that without faith it's impossible to please God, but there's two critical convictions that I want to look at of believers. And now this is of all believers, not just of the old Testament saints, but of all believers. First, anyone who comes to him must believe that he, God exists. Yeah. That he is, I am. I, and I love that passage in the old Testament where he says, I am that I am. I am. I just like period. Besides, I don't need to go. Anywhere. Besides him, there is no other. There's imaginations of men. There's demons parading to be something, you know, it's certainly in the real in the demon mm -hmm. spirit world. But, you know, this might be my favorite verse. I, I can't really pin it down, but right. this is one of the big, big, big verses in my life because really this life framed, this scripture framed out my life as right. a young man coming to Christ, being delivered. I know you too, being delivered from this present evil world, the, the, the sex, drugs, rock and roll world that we lived in and we were bound to. Um, that it was faith that delivered us from that. But, it, you know, God's, you know, faith is more than just, okay, he, he met me there where I was and lifted me out of it. But it, we had a life yet ahead of us, and that's where faith kicks in. I was sharing a story the other night about faith and, and coming to New York to start a church. God made it very clear this is where I belonged. And I had a house in Springfield. I'm buying a house here. I'm starting a new career. I have no job. I have no money <laughs> and God with a feeling, right? <laughs> and God says, move. And I said, okay. And here, uh, matter of fact, this coming Sunday, uh, will be 15 years that we're so, which will be the end of October. Um, because this may not go up by next week, but, um, it'll be 15 years that we're celebrating, uh, being a church. And God has blessed and he's never failed. And the whole reason that he has never let me down is because my faith has never wavered in him. Yeah. I love that little phrase, pleases God. You know, God's all powerful. He's omnipotent, omniscient, eternal. And he doesn't even need us. He doesn't. He wants us. But he loves us. And he loves us. And uh, it just so rocks me that God's uh, pleasure uh, this is the door of opportunity for anyone I mean, right. to bring pleasure to God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, the birds, they obey him and the fowls of the air. Well, and he even says, listen, I, you know, if I feed the ravens mm -hmm. who don't store up food, they have to eat every day. They got to find and eat their supply every day. If I feed them every day their supply, how much more do I love you? Yeah. He's, uh, he's pulling for us. Yeah. But you know, if you don't believe he exists or you don't believe in him, God says, don't ask me for anything. You're a double-minded man, unstable in all your ways, according to James. And then if you read on the James chapter one, and then if you read on in James chapter four, he says, the reason that I don't answer your prayers is because you ask amiss. In other words, you ask for the wrong stuff, wrong motive, wrong motive, wrong heart. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer that prayer. I'm not going to give it to you. So you know, we got to believe that he exists. The second thing that followers of Christ uh, have to believe is that he rewards those who 
earnestly seek him. In Hebrews eleven six, it says that it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently or earnestly with all their passion uh, seek him. I'm jumping in here, Johnny. Go ahead. Go ahead. One of my favorite verses, one of my favorite words right at the end, diligently mm. seek him, earnestly, yeah. diligence. It's a Greek word, exateo, which means the point or origin from which proceeds action. Whoa. Here you were in Springfield, Missouri, God, and you believe it, that he is. Yes. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Yes. To diligently seek to obey what he was putting in your heart to do look kind of crazy. Johnny, you're married. You're already in what, your late 30s? Uh, I was 39 at Thir- the time. Al- almost 40. You have a <laughs> wife. You have two daughters. What are you thinking? Yeah, and I have a business. And you have a business. And then you had many opportunities to do ministry where you would be hired and you would be paid a salary. I you did. wouldn't have to worry about paying your bills. I did. But matter of fact, I was offered a job in Virginia that I literally, I could be over. I, I would be cause the pastor has since retired and they were offering me to go there. They were wanting to groom you to take over. Yeah. And, and, and I think they were pretty smart, but it just wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's will. And I said, man, I'm so sorry. I can't do it. You know, and it's like, do you realize how much money it is? I go, do you realize how big God's will is? <laughs> <laughs> like it's far greater than the money. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about the money. Yeah. And I just think that the exiteo diligently, when you know that God is in something, as I knew when he called me to New York, right. it didn't make sense. Uh, my wife is six months pregnant. We have no support. I was unemployed. I, you know, I, it, it, we just needed, we needed miracles. We didn't just need a miracle. We needed a parade of miracles. <laughs> it needed to continue. But you know what? You know why we came here? Because we believed that right. God would do whatever he has to do to accomplish what he's called us to do. Well, you, you put feet to the faith. Yeah. I've heard a best definition. I love this. Faith is saying it is so when it ain't so in order to make it so. Yeah. And you take every one of these great characters God points out in this chapter that applies to every one of them. Everyone. Look at Abraham. One of the greatest acts of faith that Abraham had was take your son up on top of the mountain and <sighs> sacrifice him. Wowzer. And so here Abraham takes him up. And of course, Isaac says, uh, dad, and he's carrying the wood to burn him. Yeah. <laughs> he's carrying his own wood, right? His, his own fuel for the fire. And uh, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, son, don't worry. God will supply. I wonder if Abraham was weeping when he said that. And I wonder if he'd asked Sarah or told Sarah about what's going down. I don't think he mentioned he didn't it tell. Her. He didn't tell Sarah because Sarah like, was freaking out already because uh, it's her only son. And she was like made him into a mama's boy. And, you know. He um, didn't have a date till he was 40. <laughs> and then dad had to set it up. <laughs> you okay, John? <laughs> it's called, what's, this is called getting into the narrative. Here. Right. But, but, but it was their world. It's for real. Exactly. You know, that was where they were at. And, you know, when God asked Abraham to do this, this went against everything that Abraham right. believed about who God is. He knew that God well, is, but he knew that God is a giver of life, not a taker of life. He knows the pagans offer human sacrifices, that God doesn't ask that. It just was. But, but even bigger than that, 
he knew the promise that God gave him. Oh, you jumped ahead of me, John. <laughs> <laughs> you always do that to me, man. God said, God said, I'm going to make you a promise, and it's going to be through your son Isaac. Yeah. And he believed it. And he believed it. So that's why he was like, okay, if, if, if you want me to sacrifice him, I'll sacrifice him because you can bring him back to life. But yeah. you made a promise. You, you don't break your promises. So I'm good either way. He connected the dots by faith. I was re- reading the book of Jasher. Now, before anybody gets all jacked up, it's not part of the scriptures, but it is referenced in the it's scripture. And it's an interesting read. If nothing else, it's an interesting read, yeah. food for thought. And in the book of Jasher, it talks about Abraham taking Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him. And he didn't tell Sarah, but Satan shows up as an old gentleman who tells Sarah. (laughs) And then Sarah's like, uh, I don't, you know, she kind of ignored him, but then he shows up a second time and tells Sarah again. Well, now Sarah believes him. She freaks out. She goes rushing to find Abraham. And she, according to the book of Jasher, and again, it's just food for thought. I'm not telling you a scripture, but it says that. That's that, created an interesting narrative. That, is, that she ends up dying of a heart attack through her frantic, crazy of fear of, fear losing, of her losing her son. And yeah. that's why he, that's why he, Abraham comes down and finds out that she's where she's dead and he buries her. He buys the land where she's at and buries her there. She Same died there Kayla. because she was searching for Abraham. That's why she wasn't at Wowzer. home. Wowzer. I'd never connected those dots. I mean, I, and I'm, again, well, the scripture doesn't say that did not happen. The scripture just chose yeah. if that did happen, chose that that's not critical enough for God's Holy Spirit to put it into yeah. scripture. Well, and, and here's the other thing with faith. Abraham, obviously he's taken his his posse with him, if you will. He has, yeah, he's got servants with him. He's got yeah. servants with him. They're going and they come to this raging brook. And Abraham stops and he looks and he says, This has never been here before. Move forward. And as soon as they started forward, the brook dried up immediately. And supposedly it was Satan trying to stop Abraham from fulfilling what God called him to do. Well, I know one thing. Satan tries to stop everything God puts on people's hearts. Everything. And, and again, that's just a book of Jasher. It's just that, that, that little extra thought. I'm not saying it's scripture. Yeah, I've always guys. pondered, especially the Sarah part. I've never connected exactly pinpointed when she died in reference to the, to the sacrifice. Yeah. I'd have to get in, study that out. Cause there's some, there's some uh, milestones given how old right. she was when she died. Right. How old she was when Isaac uh, was uh, born. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'll, I'll check that out. Which would also give you the age that Isaac was when he, when, when Abraham took him up to the mountain. Yeah, he was 12. Uh, which explains why, but it explains why Sarah wasn't home and that he, Abraham had to buy land to bury her because she was looking for him because Satan told her what he was doing. I'll study it out deeper. Study that out, right? You got me interested, <laughs> Johnny. Stop it. So I'm good. all hung up on David right now. You I got know. me switched over to Abraham. Leave me alone. <laughs> but Abraham by faith, right? And so what happens is we have to... We have, number one, we have to believe that God exists. Number two, we have to believe he's a rewarder of those who diligently 
seek after him, right? And God will honor that. And I'm going to just tell you, Abraham, David, David sought after him constantly. I mean, he screwed up constantly, but he still sought after him. He did. So this aspect of faith that we're talking about, trust in the character of God. That's huge, Johnny. That, that, That God is good and that he is loving and generous and gracious and merciful mm-hmm. and a merciful father. Yeah. The attributes of God, omniscient, omnipotent, uh, eternal, immutable, but also the character of God when we trust and we, be, you know, believing in the character of God is what really lays the foundation to trust God. Yeah. And, and I think most people don't see God or feel like God's not around are not seeing the blessings of God because it, they either don't believe God or they don't trust God. I remember in those early days, uh, you know, young men dream. God puts dreams in the hearts of young men. Old men reflect. Right. <laughs> I noticed you reflect on a lot more than you used to. Uh, I just, <laughs> you know, that's all you get from me is reflection. Now you're starting to reflect a lot there, bro. But, um, you know, when, when we were young men, we had God's promises. They were not teasers. Right. Let me say that again. We have you, younger men and women, you have God's promises. They are not teasers. God doesn't have his fingers, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, crossed fingers crossed, crossed behind false his back. promises. Oh, yeah, look, they're believing. <laughs> oh, no, he's, he's, he's not trying to mess with us. He, he makes promises, and it's all based on his character. Well, James 1.17 when we talk about gifts and how God blesses and how, when he makes promises and he gives and James one seventeen, every good gift and every perfect gift yeah, is baby. from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning mm-hmm. his character, his immutable character doesn't change. And he, how about, how about um, Malachi three, six, where God says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Yeah. And somewhere in the new Testament it says, I'm uh Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever. And forever. You know, that reward thing, I want to just lock in on that word for a moment. Uh, God's rewards, are, are they run way deeper than just health and wealth. Right. God's oh. rewards are just, uh, there's just so many rewards in Christ that money never could buy and health can't take away. You know, and some of the reflections as an older man, COVID's shut a lot of doors, you know, put a lot, locked us down. And, and still, yeah, it's yeah, destroying. And here in New York state, they, you know, we're almost like as bad as California and Australia. They're, they're, they don't like, uh, they don't like uh, the non-vaxxed here in New York. No, they really and, don't. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, dude, I'm going down with the ship. I am not yeah, getting it. Yeah, me too. And, um, cause I know where I'm gone. So right. I'm, if, yeah. if God wants to take me to heaven in night in 2021, or 2022. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But those rewards <laughs> from the Lord, you know, I'm an old man now and yeah, he took care of all of our needs. We're very financially comfortable. Our health is good. Yeah, I've had a kidney stone issues and wished I was dead a few times, but, right. but that's bad. But the rewards, you know, the reward of friendships, you know, the, the friendship with you and, and other men of God are, are treasures Amen. and you, you can't buy that with, no. with money. And then uh, the reward of, of children and grandchildren walking with the Lord, the the reward of open doors, the reward of, of, of people sending me messages, uh, just got a message from a person in a church in Boston, spa friend. And, 
they support prison ministry. And there was a guy and he wrote a letter. I got saved in Saratoga uh, County Jail. And a pastor named Duke Herget led me to Christ. How cool is that? You know, that? like the fruit of the labor, man. You know, and uh, his last name is Slater, John Slater. I, re- I remember him. He got on fire and he's still fired up. He's Amen. in prison for another 12 years. He's been in about eight and uh, he's got like 12 more to go. Yeah, but he was, he's not allowing his circumstances to dictate his joy. And on there I am, you know, Sunday night, just go up to the jail and from leave the house at five, get home at, uh, at about a quarter of 10 uh, every Sunday night. And uh, there's fruit, and it's like, what a reward! Yep. You know, I, I don't serve the Lord for reward. I serve Him because I love Him. But but the reward's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's well, really sweet. Psalm eighty four eleven. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Mm-hmm. See, that's why that's why you're getting blessed. That's why I get blessed. That's why anybody that gets blessed if you're walking uprightly now that being said make sure that you also know that it is god who's blessing and because if you're living an ungodly life and you good things are happening that's satan keeping you there yeah you know a lot of times people get in this this like i'll do this so god will do that it's like a deal right and god says like you're you're totally missing it Mm -hmm. this isn't a deal right uh, he's not like a, a genie that we rub the thing and say the thing, get our our little wishes. It's it's a relational thing. Right. It's a covenant thing. God well, that, makes promises and that, he keeps his promises. We believe that he is and he's a rewarder. And then it engages God. We open the door by faith for God to get involved yep. in our lives. Yep. Whoa. And that's you, Psalm Jesus. Psalm eighty four twelve goes on to say, <laughs> O Lord of hosts. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. Blessed is the person. Literally, it would be a neutral gender. Blessed is the person who trusts in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. And that's what we have to remember. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. And then the faith, fullness, and it's that's where the fullness is. is It's it's in God, and then when we believe that He is, and He's rewarded, and see, it it just blows my mind. This this gets me so excited. God's eyes go to and fro upon the earth. Why? To find those whose hearts that seek Him to show Himself set on Him. Yeah, they're set on Him to uses this phrase to show Him self mighty. Uh, uh, to us and you know god's got a dream and and we're part of it how cool is that think about that the creator of the universe has this big picture idea and we're the biggest portion of it yeah we're the ones created in his own image yeah he's the one who's called to be ambassadors for christ everything he does he does to bring us closer to him to reward us to make i mean I wish people would get a hold of who God is, man. And and by the way, their faith isn't. You, you can't work for it. You got to you got to believe, and that happens through relationship, who through learning and growing. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But without faith, it's impossible to please God, because faith is the avenue by which we come to God. It lights him up. He who is light gets lit up. Yeah. When we come to him in faith, you know, I just think each day, it, it but, breaks. but it starts with salvation. Like you, in order 
your the whole thing with God, because God's really not going to have a whole lot to do with you until you surrender your life and believe in Christ uh, for your salvation. That's the starting blocks. That's the starting. That is it right there. Until you get saved, people are like, oh, I pray to God all the time. It, he doesn't hear your prayers. He's just waiting for you to call on him. And then he starts hearing you and blessing you and, and working. Well, you're life. in his family now. You're born into, born again into his family. Now yeah. you're his child. And because people want to work to get there. It's not, they're like, oh, it's not faith. See, if you're working, it's not faith. That's the biggest lie Satan's ever deceived people with, isn't it? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift, gift of, of God, God, not of works, because you would boast. He just gives us eternal life by believing on the name of the Lord, calling on, on him. But that just opens the door. God is involved in our lives now. Our problems are now his problems. Uh, yeah, because he becomes the parent. I got a question from uh, a listener, and I, I got I to gotta get back to her and answer it. It's been a couple of weeks, and I kind of dropped the ball on getting back to her. But one of the things was, one of her questions was, what do you mean Satan is my father or was my father? I am God's. And the reality that, again, that people don't realize that when we're born into this world, we are born into Satan's kingdom. And it's not until you are the age of accountability where God holds you accountable to make a decision for him. Do we transfer ownership? People say they believe in God, and then they defy what he explains to them in the Bible because this is how I feel. <laughs> this is what I think. And God says, yeah, but you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I love you. I provided a way of salvation for you. I'll give you eternal life, but you got he that believeth must, uh, must come to God yeah. and believe that he is. You must believe me. Listen to me. You've sinned. I love you. I provided salvation. I've provided a payment for your son. I sent my son to die for your sins. I knock on the door of your heart. You open it. You believe I'm in, right? You believe me. I'll and see faith opens the doors for God to get involved in everyday life, man. I, I've been in, in this new family for 49 and a half years, man. I love it. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, I man. was 28, 28, uh, October 2nd, this, uh, beginning of this month. That was my spiritual birthday. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. October 2nd, 94, 27. 27 years 27 years old 27 as a 27 year old baby come <laughs> yeah. a long long way baby there. right hebrews 11 1 gives a definition or at least a good description if you will of the faith that pleases god Maybe it's my a, second favorite verse here now faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen Substance is trans is the translation of a Greek word that means foundation. I did not know that. That's rich. That is rich. That is a so literally nugget. it would read now faith is the foundation of things hoped for. Not hope so, maybe so, but things that you hope for, that's the foundation of them. I just think of our first phone call. You come up here in the winter, New York winter. Somebody <laughs> come to New York in the winter, they're serious. 
<laughs> I knew you weren't very smart when you yeah, did that, John. <laughs> and we did that eight hour drive around the region. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, you hours. had, you're losing, you're, you're liquidating your house. You're, you got nothing, man, except this big dream. And, uh, and now here we are fast forward 15 years, 15 years. And we're sitting in a studio with, I don't know, $6,000 worth of equipment and, I, you have a, a nice house. It's a, it's a modest house, but it's nice. Yeah. You jacked it up downstairs. You have nice property and, you know, God has, has taken care of your needs. Your church has, yeah. uh, has wonderful facilities, but you know, we see the substance, right. you know, you've traveled all around this country on the back of motorcycles, crashed motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them now. And, Two, uh, Duke, listen, man. I, and the insurance hasn't settled with me yet on the second one. So the first motorcycle accident, just for clarity, a lady went left to center. I saw her go into my lane. It was nighttime. I left my lane and went into somebody's yard. She left my lane and went into the yard to follow me. Later, I found out she had um, uh, that ni- um, night blindness. Oh, wow. And so when you have the light, yeah, when you have, yeah, yeah. One of the things about, you should have turned your light off, John. You'd have been all right. On motorcycles, you can't. And one of the things I found out is night blindness. When they have night blindness, they follow the light. So we hit head on. We were both doing, we hit so hard. She's in the car. I'm on a motorcycle. She broke her foot and she flattened my rim, my front rim, blew the tire and flattened the rim. That's how hard we hit. The second accident, which that, that accident was two and a half years ago. The second accident was two and a half months ago. <laughs> I know people have wore out guardian angels before. This guy's wore out a six pack of guardian angels. Uh, we're me and a friend we're riding and a deer comes out of nowhere. Obviously is what they do, right? That's how they do it. He goes left. To, he, he went left to center. Praise God. No cars were coming. The deer goes left to center. I was with him, and I thought, if I go left and, and he hits that deer, he's going down, I'm going to run him over and his wife, and I, I can't do that. So I chose to stay to the right. So I went to the right. Well, this is all split-second decisions. Once, once you make the decision, you're in. Like, you got to ride this one out. So I went to the right, and I stayed on the white line. I couldn't go any further because if I would have went any further, we would have went over the cliff. So I stayed to the, to the right. And you got something about cliffs too, but that's, that's another podcast. <laughs> Daggum, man. If that deer didn't turn around and go back to the right and there was nowhere for me to go. So when I realized I was going to hit him, I just gave it as much throttle as I could hit him doing about 65, 70 mile an hour. His butt came up to my shoulder. His, his hooves hit, caught me on the shin, blew the front end of my bike, all to pieces, bent the front forks, a whole nine, right? But my wife never got touched, and we never went down. I kept the bike upright. So the friend of mine that was with me, we ended up getting the bike together. He brought black duct tape. We t- duct taped the headlights on because it was nighttime and finished our ride home, which was another 200 and some miles. <laughs> so faith is a substance of things hoped for, the foundation. And if it wouldn't uh, be for all these Great things God had in store to do for you. He's had to pull you out of these accidents. <laughs> so I've been riding 30, 37 years. Let's see. 
So I started riding on the street at 16. I'm 54 next month. Any so. any other? Any other? Those are the only two accidents. Oh. I've never even dropped one in. I've never even dropped a motorcycle in the pavement or on the ground. I've never even tipped oh, one you just over. Hit cars and deer. <laughs> and in the last two and a half years, yeah, I hit a car and a deer. No, a car hit me, and then I hit a deer. Which so technically, the deer ran out in front of me, so he asked for it. <laughs> it's interesting, though, in the context of what we're talking about. Right. God has a mission happening in your life. God's writing a story in your life. Right. God has allowed us. He's made us with different passions. You know, you're on the bike. I'm in the garden. Uh, you you are a great researcher. Come up with information. I get into the text and dramatize it. You know, it, it, we're just different. The different gifts. And man. yet it's all for God's glory. Yeah. And then it's like God puts up with some of our foolishness, you know. He, <laughs> I just pulled out a seven-pound rutabaga the other day. I was proud of myself. I'm telling <laughs> you, like, this, will feed, this will feed a family of four for like a month. Think this about that. It's so sweet. Man. Right? So. But but that is that is the substance or the foundation is God that we trust in, we serve, and then the term evidence or proof is with our natural eyes, we cannot see the realities of God's kingdom, but by faith we receive the evidence or proof that they exist. Yeah. Romans 120. For since the cre- and I'm gonna go up to 18. Because guys, you gotta hear this. <clears throat> in Romans 118, it starts the whole the th- the whole thought starts in 118. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness or by their actions of sin. They suppress the truth that God exists, and therefore they don't have faith. Verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. So now God comes along. And he opens their eyes to see that he exists or, or puts it within them that they have the knowledge that he exists, right? But because they are too busy wanting to please their, un, their unrighteousness, they ignore it. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Always comes back to that, doesn't it? The, the, the faith is, you because when you go, well, how can you if, you, if you can't see, then why does God tell you that you have to see? You realize them, and you realize that there's truth. That's, that's literally what he's talking about here. For since the creation of the world, his, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You see a watch, you say, oh, yeah, there was a maker, a watchmaker. You look around creation, you say, oh, yeah, there was a creation maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not by time and chance, is it? It is not. By plan and purpose, and the one who planned it, purposed it, made it happen, made uh, mankind the apple of his eye, expressed image of himself. He created man in his own image, breathed in our nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul, and uh, then he wants to engage us. He wants us to know him. He wants us to experience him. He wants to live inside of us and share with us himself and get us delivered from just the temporary life to the eternal you know every morning and and think about this and i know forgive me for cutting you off but think about this if you look at creation if you look at evolution they literally have it created backwards Yeah, yeah but if you look at creation and you read on every day what was created it was created in the order that it had to be for man to survive yeah it's called physics 
It had to be. Yeah. Evolution yeah, because, doesn't uh, support that. Because uh, those uh, creeping things on the on the ground and those animals had to have something to eat. It's well, and they had to have oxygen. Yeah, they had to have uh, they had to have an ecosystem. Yeah, and uh, evolution doesn't allow for that. <laughs> no, because it, it brings the little creature before there's any sustainability. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, plus that one little uh, that little spontaneously generated <laughs> life. He was looking for a girl. Was he a boy or was he a girl? Because if he was a boy, he needed a girl and had to go finding it. Or was a girl, she needed a boy. Yeah. But so, either way, there was none to be found until no. it evolved. So how did it? It was either sudden it? creation, as the scriptures say, mm-hmm. or it was, uh, it, it just physically. Yeah, you either, you, you got to have faith in the scriptures or you have to. It takes more faith to believe evolution than it ever does the, the creation. Yeah. Now, here's another question. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> Right, I, I think it was the chicken. It's the chicken. Yeah, it has to be the chicken. the chicken. Yeah, because God, He created chickens. He created right. chickens to have the eggs, and everything He created, He created in adult form, so they could immediately start reproducing. Adam and Eve could have kids. They're ready to go. Yeah, and the chicken could have eggs. It was ready to go. Yeah, yeah. he had that all figured. If you out had the there. egg, what? If you had the egg first, then what brought it to uh, hatch and and. Without the, so what's without really the, what's really neat is this amazing thing called reason, <laughs> this thing called science, this thing called reality fits. You mean the evidence and the proof? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it all and what we didn't see, but it, we the but the scriptures are so rational, are right. so reasonable. Right. You know, uh, the evolutionary faith is in the beginning nothing became everything. All right. That's harder for for me to comprehend than in the beginning God created everything. Well, and and that goes right back to 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, the people, are without excuse. Yeah. My daughters used to watch the Oprah Winfrey show back when they were growing up, and I heard Oprah say, it doesn't matter what you believe, just as long as you believe in something. uh, Dear Oprah... I love you. You are such a screaming success story. But you know but, what? You're sort of really, really wrong here. It well, does matter. Do you know what turned her away from God? I she know. said that she was in church because she, she was brought up in a, in a uh, I think, I, I, I want to say it actually was Baptist church. But it was either Baptist or Pentecostal she was brought up in. And she, as a little girl, she was sitting there and the preacher was preaching and said that God is a jealous God, right? And she said, what's God, why is God jealous of me? See, she missed it. God's mm-hmm. jealous for her, not of her. Wow. Wow. One word changed opposites. Everything. And all Wilder. she looked at it was, why is God jealous of me? Who am I? And if that's all, if God's jealous of me, then I'm not going to serve that God when the reality was God is jealous for her and doesn't want her to love anything or anyone else more than him. But see that fallen testimony falling away from faith illustrates the exact premise. The big verse that we started with says we must believe that he is, is, and that's where she got thrown off. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and from then on, she just got derailed, spiritually speaking, and has stayed that way and, and is pushing a false gospel. So now we've established without faith it's impossible to come to God, right? Because God, 
we've made it clear, listen, it's salvation through Christ. Everything is Christ. You have to believe that God exists, and then you have to believe that he is who he says he is, and that he does what he says he does, and, and it starts with salvation. <clears throat> but it's also impossible to live for God and to follow and serve him and, until the end if you don't have faith, right? Because if you don't believe, then after a while you get tired of chasing fairy tales and you, you walk away from God or walk away from church. Because that's what people think. That's just a fairy tale. Oh, I've tried church. It didn't work for me. I, well, if you tried Jesus, <laughs> that might work for you. He works. Exactly. He works around us. He works in us. He works through us. And the entire Christian life is lived out by faith. Look here, Romans 1, 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk, you said Habakkuk, didn't you? I was stud corrected. <laughs> 40, 48 years of uh, Habakkuk. Uh, 48 years of bad habits, John, are hard to break, but uh, yeah. I'm teachable. Habakkuk 2 4. I'll let you say it because I still can't say says, it. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Not God's faith. His faith, the person, the, the just, the person that's just or, or being righteous lives by the faith that he has in God. Galatians 3.11. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. So it's the same in the New Testament was the Old Testament there, huh? Hebrews 10.38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back... My soul has no pleasure in him. And in what we're seeing today is those who said, oh, I got faith. I got faith. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden now they're, they're, they're practicing a homosexual lifestyle, knowing that is completely against the word of God, or they're practicing things that they know they shouldn't be doing. And, and it's going completely against God, but they're like, oh yeah, I got faith. God loves me. God's blessed me. No, God's not going to do that because you have drawn back. Or when they say, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe anymore. They're resolved to do what they want to do. They don't like what the Bible says about it. They kind of tune the Bible out, make themselves look good, try to feel better while they're being in total disobedience. Well, they'll meet before the Lord one day. They're every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Listen, Paul even affirms in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's why Paul said, listen, you follow me as I follow, follow Christ. Christ. Amen. And it is the faith in Christ that carried Paul, it's the faith in Christ that carried you, that carries me, that carried... Uh, um, it works from generation to generation. From generation to generation until the generation is no longer told about God, and that's what we have at our doorstep today. Yep. Yep. Apostasy. I'm so excited about this next dude you're going to bring up here. Enoch. Yeah. yeah. Scripture refers explicitly to Enoch's faith as uh, pleasing to God. Hebrews 11, five by faith, by faith, man, that is that. And, and by the way, this isn't blindly following. Mm -hmm. This is 
I don't see the whole picture, but since I trust God, I'm going to follow God. It's not blind, it's trusting in God. There's, there's a massive difference. And he says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. He walked with God in a generation where almost no No. one else was doing that. They looked at him as some kind of a spiritual freak. Mm -hmm. And we talked in our preparation time at, at the time of Enoch, there was not one verse of scripture written yet. Right. <laughs> he never, Moses was like way on down the road. There was nothing written. All they, all he had was the oral tradition, those That's Bible right. stories, what was happening, Adam and Eve, the fall. It was in, That's it right. was in story form passed on from generation to generation. He's the seventh generation. He had the fall, the temptation of fall of Adam and Eve. He had, uh, uh, being kicked out of the garden. He had the story about uh, the flood. Well, that that was the key for Enoch was because I think he was about the time uh, Methuselah uh, was born. Yeah, yeah. So it, the flood hadn't even happened yet. Right. But it doesn't matter. Well, well yeah, the flood had, because here's the thing, because when uh, Methuselah was born, this is when Enoch, right? I got the right one. Right? Who's the father of, of Methuselah? Isn't it Enoch? Uh, I'm just uh, enough sleep deprived. Hold today on, hold on, to, hold on. I'm I'm gonna. To, well, let me let me. Uh, well, you're looking that up. Yeah. Interject this. You know, we get together trying to figure out our faith. Are we going to do this by faith? Do that by faith? Build buildings, buy properties, all that stuff. We go to the Word of God. You know, we have uh, we have two thousand years of, of tradition of the church. They had none of that. But what did they have? Yeah, they Enoch had, was the father of Methuselah. So he was pre-flood. He was pre-flood. Well, here was because Methuselah actually dated from the birth of Methuselah. Enoch got a word from God. He started serving God. Enoch was 65 years old, started serving God at the birth of Methuselah. God told Enoch that Methuselah dated the time that was left before the flood. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it says it, that Enoch served God from the moment from when Methuselah was born. The flood hit the same day Methuselah died. Wowzer. Another quinketing, huh? Just another <laughs> one, right? And A lot of those in the Bible. Think okay. about that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, Enoch, when God told Enoch what was coming and that Methuselah was literally the timeline before the deluge, Enoch served God. He, he got what he got, and that was enough, and he lived with it by faith, and, and he walked with God. Listen, he obeyed the word that had been revealed to him, right? He obeyed the word that had been revealed to him up to that point, and then he lived it out in its truths. So amazing, all these people, Old Testament, New Testament, church age, it, it's always at the core, mm-hmm. it's the same. There's a, a contact between God and man and God's got his whole things all together. And we're the problem, not, not God. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and it becomes clear, right. you know, for us, we have the clarity of scripture. We have the clarity of church history. We have, all they had is just God's character. Right. 
you know, you can have, you can have, uh, verses. But, but he had, they had God's character, but God has shown himself so many ways, so many times that it was, again, it wasn't blind faith. No, no, there were dreams. Things. He, he, he communicated, but they, they, they listened. They believed that he is. And they obeyed. And they obeyed. Then God was in control of their lives, their destiny, their future and the rewards. Yeah. And so without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it's impossible so to please God's word and obey to it. Yeah, we we talk about pleasing God. You want know, to go to church? I say my prayers. I do this and that. And that that, that not, might not really please God. Well, Romans eight eight says that we can't please God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Yeah. And people want to make it so complicated. Well, what what does it really mean? And yet. When it's happening, it's incredibly simple. Right. You must become as a little child or you miss it. Well, and, and the only ones that can please God based on what Jesus Christ has done for us, uh, we're, that's the only way. Look here in 1 Corinthians one thirty. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and and redemption. So only based on what Jesus Christ has done for us can we become holy and able to live a life pleasing to him. His eyes go to and fro and he finds us who believe that he is and he inhabits us. He fills us and then he takes us out and empties himself out and he's as he does that our faith grows, people see him in us, the evidence of the supernatural mm -hmm. yep. shows up through us. Yep. Churches get started. People get saved. Missionaries are called. Missionaries are sent. The kingdom expands because of people like you, like me, and many of our listeners, because we do believe that he is. Right. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And like I said, I've never focused much on the reward, but I'll tell you, as I get older, I, I do think about it a little right, bit more right. now than I used to. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that's the other thing that you were just talking about is Christ's life in us produces the righteousness, mm -hmm. not our works. And it's the righteousness that pleases God. Second Corinthians five twenty one, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I love what you just said. Let me pull it out and put it in parentheses. You, our works do not make us righteous, but his righteousness imputed given unto us produces our works, Absolutely. which the world sees and they call them, well, they are righteous works. Well, and that's why James said, you want to, you want to see my faith, pay attention to what I do. I'll show you my faith by my, my works. works. Yeah. And then when, when those good works are produced in us and we do it, I don't have, Hey, uh, look at the good work yeah. that I did. You know, and it, you don't even think about it. Right. If somebody says, Oh, you did this, you did that. Oh, well, praise the Lord. You know, I glory be I, to God, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you both to will and do for his good pleasure. Philippians 3.9, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And what he's saying is, it's not from the law, it's not from works, because the law is works, but it's from uh, righteousness which is from God because of my faith in God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. As a matter of fact, we can't even begin to approach the Lord and experience a personal relationship with him without faith. We need faith. We're called believers because we're continually putting our faith 
and trust and confidence in God. Believers literally is a continuous action. That's why we're called believers. Mm-hmm. It continues. It continues. It's not in and out, up and down, and deconstruction. It's literally a word that is a constant progressive mm-hmm. moving forward, right? That's some grammatical excellence on your part, John. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> Got your grammar down. If you, every, ever, if you ever figure out about Adam's belly button, you, every, may, you might have some might future, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's good, but that's that's solid theology. That's, right. That's rock solid. It is what it is, and, and nothing we can do changes the fact that that will always remain and be that. And so by faith, the Christian life begins, and by faith, it perseveres to the end, but it's by faith and faith that starts it and faith that keeps it. It it's, doesn't change. It, as it progresses, progressive sanctification, the Lord's mm-hmm. with us. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. I just, the journey is so fantastic. And then you get at this point of my journey, you know, uh, I have a, a track record of, I have a parade of miracles. I've seen his hand over and over. And right. what are we going to do? Where are we going to meet? He gives us a place to meet for free in the basement of a bank. It was beautiful community room. Oh, you know, we're trying to buy land. You know, land in Clifton Park is, you know, 200, 400, 500,000. Now it's like 800, a million right. uh, for a few acres in our town. And it's like, we don't have any money. And yet God got us land. Provides. God got the building up. God got us more land. God put in the parking lots. And, you know, I think if you were to build our the three buildings and 17 acres that that we have it's it's the campus of Newtown Church now if you were to try to build it today you're probably talking i don't know 15 20 million dollars isn't that crazy it's money? Incre- it's beautiful and it's like we could never do that guys right. I, I knew you couldn't so that's why we did add, it early you know, right did a little here a little there get the land miracle yeah. here miracle there yeah. then you get at the end at this time i look back and i walk the property every everything i see I see this 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 piece of this building went up, and there was ten miracles there. And then the, we we added on. There was several miracles there, and uh, it's funny. You know, we we built the building. We didn't have power. It's crazy. I, I never thought about getting power, and I always built the building. And then it's like uh, it was literally uh, uh, a half mile down the road to the first pole, right? Which is this big field. And it was going to cost us $3,500 in 1981 to bring power down. That would be like about, I don't know, 25000 30000 30, We had yeah. like 75 cents. You know, we right. had no money. And uh, the power company called me up and says, uh, Reverend, uh, all those lots between where your church is and where the last power pole is has been re subdivided and it's a New York State law that power must be provided for all of those uh potential building lots. So I think you'll find this good news. <laughs> Niagara Mohawk Power Company is going to bring the power down to you for free. And that guy said, I knew you didn't have no money. So I had that thing subdivided there, let other people pay for it. You guys are okay. It's You're my faith, kids. man. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I drive by and I see that. I remember this yeah. miracle. Right. Now, yeah, I want to keep those miracles alive. That's why I'm doing podcasting. I'm putting these things up so... Anybody wants to see and hear about God's miracles, you know, I can well, share with Well, and that was, that was what you're talking about is Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. Because the champions of the Old Testament, and we're talking about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Joseph, Rahab, Gideon, David. I mean, you name them, right? They're all in the, in the hall of faith. And as they look forward to their future hope, they relied on the promises of God. That's all they had. That's all they had, right? And... Uh, 
Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. And just like you building a building, you just relied on the promises of God. Go and, and build a church, and you said, okay, God, I'll do it, but I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I, one of the passages that stands out to me right now, and it's nowhere in my notes, um, uh, for, is it First Thessalonians 5, 24? Faithful is, is he, he who, who calls, calls you, who, who also, also will do it. Do it, yeah. God's in, in he engages us. It's not what we're doing for God. It's what He's doing through us, right? Perfectly, He's so. doing it, and then He uses your hands, mine, our voice, right. our personality, uh, our vision. He uses that, and when when He's doing that, you don't want any credit for it. Right. Holy cow, no, no. it wasn't me. Don't rob God of his glory. No, no. He, he'll share his blessings with us, but not his glory. That's right. It belongs only and yeah. exclusively to him right. and our people. But, but it's the faith that, sh- that we have in him that allows not only us, but everyone else to see his glory. I remember that handful of new believers that were gathered around the early days of our church and we're going to do this. And they're like, Pastor Duke, you we, we don't have the money. I'm like, I know we don't. That's why we have faith. Uh-huh. And I said, we're not, you know, we weren't committing to like a million dollars in 1981. And, and you're not trying to do anything against God's will. Yeah, we had a little mortgage of $42,000, but I mean, that was, that was pocket change. And, and, and yet God showed himself mighty and they were watching. I said, Duke, how are we going to do that? I said, I, I don't know, but we're going to do what we can do and leave the rest to God. And then yeah. boy, let me tell you, God jumped in and did yep. a bunch of really cool stuff. And that little family of God, that little 10, 15, 20 little families. Moved that, them to do great oh, things. They're like, well, we can trust God. I know, right? I remember our treasurer, Wally Snyder, he was our treasurer for 22 years. This guy rocks it. He was amazing. And and uh, we were going to build a building project, and we decided to take on two or three new missionaries before we, we, we took on a building project. And he thought, well, Pastor Duke, if, if we give our money away, we won't have money to pay our bills. I said, Listen to what you just said. God said, if we give, what will happen? He said, it will be given unto us. I said, press down. You think he's the guy, he was the guy paying the bills. I mean, he was, he was vested in this. Right, right. And so it's funny. Because he's seeing the real numbers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's funny, every time we got ready to build again, Wally would say, I think we need to take on a couple new missionaries (laughs) just for, just for the added insurance. For the safety, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. It it, it always worked that way. Yeah. Without exception. We gave, God gave unto us. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. We've got the promises. Yeah, we got the promises of Christ. For us. Oh, it's way easier for us. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them. Why? Because they trusted God. Embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, meaning that this isn't their home. Heaven's their home. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. And verse 16 goes on, says, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. They believed in what they didn't see, and now they're there. And what they didn't see was more real than what they could see. Or ever do, or even think or imagine. Just know that he is, and this is how God works. Yeah, they listen, they obeyed God's word even when they didn't understand it. Accepting as truth the things we cannot yet touch, feel, see, then acting on them in obedience. And that's what that's what these patriots of old did, right? 
or the saints of old. The prescription for living a life that pleases God is in exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Believing and trusting. When we accept the evidence of God's word, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we accept the evidence in God's word and reach out for God, believing, right? We reach out in response to the experience and the fellowship with God. Then we begin to live by faith. And God shows up and says, aha, I'm going to get involved here. And then it pleases God. Yeah. Guys, until you step out in faith, and that means you move forward even when you can't see it, but you know God's moving you, that's faith. You trust him and you move forward. He'll bless you. He'll rock your socks off. But if you're not doing that, don't expect nothing from God because you're a double-minded man, unstable in all your ways if you doubt. Why don't you just tell how it is, John? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, I hope that uh, this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.